Welcome to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. I am Jason Kong, and the original cast and crew is here with me. We've got Cooper Linton here this evening with Transitions Life Care. And Cooper, you were actually the one who who demonstrated the new lingo today. Uh, Nicole, oh, yeah. Nicole didn't hit me with anything new today. But I you, came in the door with some pretty fresh stuff. Now, yeah. now what did you tell me today? You I'm were keeping it 100. Keeping it 100. And yeah. that means... I don't know. It means that term used to be cool, and the moment I said it, it's not. So <laughs> it is officially not cool. Not cool. What? What? Can you translate for us, Jason? Uh, that means you're uh, you're keeping it real, basically. I was you're, thinking I was pretty real. You're, this you're being authentic. You're not being a, a poser or anything like that. Yeah, I'm not savvy enough to pose. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just I'm just going to be me for the day and keep it real and keep it hundred. Well, the person who always keeps it 100, Nicole Bruno with Transitions Guiding Lights, is here. Well, so glad to be here. Good evening, Nicole. Thank and you. any new terms from you? I, you, you know, you've been I, my, quiet today. My my 13 year old started seventh grade today, so I'm sure he will come home with something new oh, after wow. being with all of his friends for the first time in about eight weeks. <laughs> and I and I am boy, my happy vacations over for him. You'll <laughs> you'll have a notepad ready to uh, to take down all the new terms, right? Yes, yes, I will, and I will have to ask him if he's heard of keeping it hundred because perhaps he can bring that to school tomorrow and be really cool. And he'll, he's probably going to tell you. I heard this guy Cooper mention it. Uh, the other day and no one's saying it anymore no probably not (laughs) all right let's get to business here cooper we've got a a very great guest lined up today uh it's it's an author who wrote a book and the the title of this book could actually double as the name of this program if if you think about it it could be become an informed caregiver what you should know when caring for an aging loved one and so we have deanne morgan with us today on the show she is the author uh, I think she's also a recovering attorney. That's correct. <laughs> is it a reco- is, is it okay to call it a recovering attorney? Yes, absolutely. Are you a recovering librarian as well, or is that still in your heart? That is definitely still in my heart, especially right. since I teach legal research. Teaches legal research, writes books, and what what inspired you to write this book? I practiced law for a number of years and then decided I needed a change. And so I became a professional organizer, which means I went into people's homes and helped them organize whatever they needed. And I enjoyed very much working with adult children and their parents. But as I worked with these folks, I began to realize just exactly how much information they did not have that they really needed. And I felt that I was uniquely qualified because of my education and experiences to write this book. So I wrote it to help people, to help caregivers. That's wonderful. And I can tell you, you know, representing Transitions Guiding Lights, we work with family caregivers every single day, all day. That is basically what we do. And, you know, I frequently work with family caregivers as well. And, you know, it always... It's, it's always so amazing to me that when I work with a family caregiver, it's not their fault, but they just don't understand what they need to know. And they think that they are making the very best decisions with their loved ones, and they're trying to make the best decisions. But often they don't understand the lingo. They don't understand the differences in the level of care. I had a caregiver I was working with recently that discharged their loved one, and um, they needed two people to assist them. And the person needed a Hoyer lift, which is basically a contraption that mechanically lifts the person out of a bed. And they were getting discharged to home. And they were going to place this loved one in an independent living community because they thought it was assisted living, and they 
didn't understand. And literally that person was going to move in in a few days. And I had to jump in front of the freight train and say, no, 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 no. And spend a tremendous amount of time trying to educate them nicely because you don't want to make a person feel like they don't know what they're doing and it's not their fault. And then completely completely turned on their, their head what they were going to do and how they were going to do it and how they were going to pay for it. So it is an extremely tangled web out there, and it's so difficult. And that's just one story, but every day there are hundreds and hundreds of stories like that in our community. Yeah, I worked with a client um, who, well, when I rang the doorbell and she opened, I could tell it was not going to be a good day. She was very angry. She had just been to the bank to tell them that her mom was transferred to a memory care facility, and she was taking over as power of attorney. And she needed to have do this transaction with the bank. And the bank said, um, you need to bring us a certified copy of the power of attorney and a letter from your mom's doctor indicating that she is, in fact, unable to manage her affairs. And my client just could not understand why the bank wouldn't take her word for it. <laughs> wow. And, <laughs> and she didn't know what a certified copy meant. Language. People don't understand the language, and it's becomes more a psychological barrier sometimes than it is an actual legal barrier. It's uh, I'm overwhelmed by what I don't know as opposed to being overwhelmed by what I need to do. And if we can remove that ambiguity, it, it can help. And so that was part of the impetus behind your book. I, I find it interesting one of the, the first chapters in your book is get your act together. Um, can you can you start with that? Can you kind of walk us through what does that mean? Sure. So I tried to design the book for people who are preparing to become caregivers, but also for those who are thrust into it suddenly without warning and need a life raft. So getting your act together means understanding the kinds of very basic information you have to have with you all the time. Social security number the list of medications, doctors that your loved one sees, um, the power of attorney that you have to take care of this person. I think that a lot of us who work with caregivers maybe are guilty of saying things like, well, you're going to have to have a power of attorney and your loved one needs a living will and so forth, but we don't really explain what those are Mm -hmm. and how they work and why they're important. And so... The first part of the book is an effort to explain a lot of these terms and also provide readers with some idea of where to begin to find this information, not just which agencies to go to, Mm -hmm. but where to look in your loved one's home, because it is amazing where people will hide things. And and what else you'll find while you're looking for it. Yes, indeed. You'll find some interesting recipes right there next to the legal documents. Um, Or raw emeralds. I found a bag of raw emeralds one time in someone's home. Honestly, that's a better find than like an egg custard recipe. I'm just saying. I found, to personalize this a little bit, I found when I was a caregiver, I spent a number of years doing that, I ended up creating a section in my briefcase um, because I realized this was actually part of I had a business of being somebody's caregiver. I wasn't professionally doing this. It was for for my mother. But I kept a section of my briefcase, and in that was a set of documents that over time I learned, I'm going to need these, or I have a very high likelihood of needing these without knowing when I'm going to need them. And so I had a a book of documents that I kept with me 90% of the time 
because invariably I would show up at the bank and the bank would not remember that I had already provided a copy of the durable power of attorney or a copy of a living will at a doctor's office or whatever. And so we found that we needed to have this, not just once, but we needed to have perpetual access during the caregiver journey. Yes, I tell people that's why I no longer carry an attractive purse. I carry a satchel because I also have a little notebook in my satchel with yeah. all of the same exactly. documents from my mom. Oh, my. Well, you know, I think it's really important but we, we to, to do all these things. However, we really are a society that doesn't prepare for anything. We, we spend a lot of time preparing to have a baby and learning all about what that's all about and how to do that. And, you know, oh, my gosh. We, I mean, I know, Jason, you can speak to that. You probably ever had every what to expect when you were expecting a book under the sun in your house, didn't you? I opened my own bookstore in my I'm living sure. room afterwards. So, yes, I, yes. I'm quite sure you did, right? However, a lot of it, we don't spend time thinking about the fact that most most of us, whether we want to or not, are going to become an accidental caregiver, right? And so I would love, you know, after the break for us to really delve into that some more and to talk about what we really need to do to prepare. And we need to face the facts that older people are in our lives and we're going to end up having some role to play in their lives as they're getting older and needing more assistance, just like we have to prepare to care for our own children that we have. Yeah, stick around. We'll talk about that some more. Our guest this evening is Deanne Morgan. She's an author of the book. Become an Informed Caregiver, What You Should Know When Caring for an Aging Loved One. And we'll continue our conversation in just a bit. You're listening to Aging Matters, Care and Comfort That Surrounds You, a service of Transitions Life Care. Find more about them at transitionslifecare.org. You're listening to News Radio 680 WPTF. You're listening to News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care, which was founded as Hospice of Wake County. You can find more about them at transitionslifecare.org. I'm Jason Kong, Nicole Bruno, Cooper Linton alongside me, and our special guest this evening is Deanne Morgan. She's author of the book, Become an Informed Caregiver, what you should know when caring for an aging loved one. And Nicole, uh, just before the break, you you brought up the point that uh, we don't really prepare for caregiving and uh, preparing for, I guess, death in general. You know, it's it's more fun, as you said, to prepare for a baby that's, that's exciting, sweet, cute that's little fun, baby. cute little clothes <laughs> are involved, toys. But, uh, you know, for every new life, there is eventually going to be death. So mm-hmm. it, it, it makes... Uh, plenty of sense why we should prepare for this, but it's just a hurdle that, you know, maybe it's fear, maybe it's too taboo, but it's not something that we do. Well, I just don't think we think about it. I mean, obviously, we're none of us are ever going to die. No. No, I mean, we all live forever. Of course. And so we don't want to think about what's going to be coming up. And we certainly don't want to be thinking about our parents dying. And what happens, I think, a lot is, you know, you have a situation where, People are having kids a little bit later now, and I think we're starting to see the results of that. But, um, you know, we have the what we're seeing is that we've got the aging parent, we've got sort of the middle aged caregiver who is still has children that are in their teens a lot of times, and now all of a sudden they're having to care for their parent while they're still running around to baseball and soccer practice and everything else with their teens. And they really haven't given much thought to what's going to happen to mom or dad when um, they need help. And so, you know, I think, Deanne, one of the things that we need to talk about is how, how do we get into the mindset of preparing to care? That's a great question. Um, when I was organizing, I would often ask clients 
do you have a will? And some of them said yes. Most of them said, no, I know I need to do that. Gosh, I need to get to that. But a few of them said, no, if I make a will, I'll die. As the Sounds make, like my parents. As the <laughs> making a will causes death. I won't wear a seatbelt because it will cause me to crash. It's the same logic. Right. So I would say to those people, you're exactly right. If you make a will, you will die. If you don't make a will, you'll die. You're making a will, not for yourself, but because this is a gift that you're giving the people you love. It will help them through a difficult period. And I think we need that same mindset as far as preparing to become caregivers and to receive care. So if you can go on and get your documents pulled together in one place, that is a tremendous gift to give your children or your loved ones. Well, I think on top of that, having honest and real conversations with family members, the world of senior care and senior living and what people want for their future should be part of a family conversation. You know, things are very different than they were even 20 years ago. Our choice is not just home or nursing home. It's there are so many things in between. And I think, you know, families need to just have open conversations about what happens if you get an Alzheimer's diagnosis? What what would your future look like? What do you want your future to look like? So that way family's not left to make these difficult decisions when they think, well, now I'm putting my mom in a, quote, home, and I promised her I never would, but you never had a conversation about what if I had dementia and I was wandering out of my house. So then families, on top of trying to make these difficult decisions when they don't understand levels of care, are dealing with so much guilt about feeling like they're not doing maybe what their loved one wanted. Absolutely. And that's Another um, hope I have for this book is that it might be a way to begin to open up some intergenerational conversations. So even if you start out with something innocuous like, so mom, what are your favorite brands? I'm going to make a list of your favorite brands so that if I ever have to go do your grocery shopping for you, I don't come home with the wrong thing. Just I'll disclose that has happened to me. I ended up going right back to Harris Teeter to exchange the wrong item that I picked up for mom. Um, that can begin to, that's an easy, non-threatening way to begin to talk about some of these things. I think part of this is really talking about liberating your, your loved ones from doubt with an eye toward freeing them for loving action. You're really uh, turning them loose from tr the questioning and, and really letting them now become the doers of care and knowing that they're doing the right things and empowering them to be better at it. Um, it could be as simple as going into a in the, to the pantry and taking pictures of the food that they bought. Right. Okay. I know she likes Campbell's, not Progresso or whatever it is. Exactly. Progresso's not a sponsor of the show, are they? Uh, not anymore. Okay, thanks. No. <laughs> we just, just got the email right when you said that. <laughs> So I'd like to actually back up about a million miles because we were, we were just talking about using lingo in terms that people may not understand, power of attorney, healthcare power of attorney. But what about the term caregiver? When are you a caregiver? You know, you just talked about going to get groceries for mom. People oftentimes don't view that need of having to go grocery shopping for mom as actually entering the caregiving world. And it really is. It's not just assisting someone to go to the bathroom. Caregiving to me is a huge spectrum. So if I um, call my neighbor who I know is struggling with a back injury and I say, I'm headed to the grocery store, do you need something? To me, that's caregiving. 
um, if I help my mother make a decision about is it time for assisted living or a nursing home, that's also caregiving. So I think it's a broad spectrum. And I think that's one thing that will help our society is if we can think of caregiving broadly. Because my understanding is that by 2020, they're going to be something like 117 million Americans in need of help, Mm -hmm. but only 45 million caregivers. Right. So we've all got to step up to the plate and help each other. And helping can take on many different forms. So I believe that once people start, quote, helping, as you just said, is probably when it would be a good time to start looking at what that future may hold. Because we are only, all of us sitting here right now, are only one minute away or one moment away from needing someone to caregive for us. I mean, I could have a stroke in a second, for all we know, right here in the studio. And then all of a sudden, I'm going to have to have a team of people around me. So... You know, as a family member, if you have a loved one who is over the age of 65, who you are starting to need to help make appointments for or run to an errand because mobility is starting to become difficult, I would say that would probably be a, a really good time to start preparing for the future and a really good time to start to look at your book. Agreed. Yes. I, I, you know, there are, certain, there are certainly people who will say, I don't want you in my business. You don't need to know what my finances are. You just want my money. I'm not dead yet. I'm not talking to you about that. Okay, you'll have to accept that, caregiver. But there's no reason you can't begin to explore options for housing in your loved one's community, for home care options, transportation options if they quit driving, those kinds of things. Well, there's a big difference between talking with someone about what you want for their money and you helping them with their money to help them live a better life, for them to get access to care, for them to be as independent as possible. And it's easy to find ways to avoid these conversations. But fundamentally, we have to find the one reason we ever overcame those barriers and had these conversations to begin with, because in the absence of them, we're unable to make informed decisions. We're unable to be an informed caregiver. Uh, we can't live up to being for our loved ones what we want to be. And that's a hard thing. I mean, there's a lot at stake in, in getting these conversations started, identifying these things. Your book is a great guide on that. There's some very interesting resources inside of it. It took quite some time to compile. How long did it take to write this? It took nine years. My mother likes to tell people I was pregnant for a really long time. (laughs) (laughs) And you birthed a book. And I birthed a book, yes. All right. I'm impressed. And it's available on Amazon. Is that that the easiest way for people to access this? Yes, it is. Uh, I want to go over the title of that book again because we we talked about what to expect, and it's really not called what to expect when you're expecting to be a caregiver. It's (laughs) become an informed caregiver, what you should know when caring for an aged loved one. And again, the author... Deanne Morgan, M-O-R-G-A-N. Thank you for sharing your insights. What else should we know about this before we, because we're running out of time. What's the one takeaway we should have? It's never too early to start preparing to be a caregiver. We've all got to start preparing, no matter how old you are. Start right now. Yes. Because you're running out of time. You may be. You never you know. Like Nicole, know. Like Nicole said, anything could happen to any of us at any time. Agreed. Yeah, that would be the difference between becoming an informed caregiver and an uninformed caregiver if, if you're not prepared. Uh, that book again, obviously, Become an Informed Caregiver, 
What You Should Know When Caring for an Aging Loved One, available on Amazon. The author is Deanne Morgan. Deanne, thank you so much for joining us this evening. We really appreciate you taking the time to come here in the studio. Thank you. I've had a great time. A quick break and back. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. Find more about them at transitionslifecare.org. You're listening to News Radio 680 WPTF. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. You can find more about them at transitionslifecare.org. I am Jason Kong, Nicole Bruno with Transitions Guiding Lights, Cooper Linton with Transitions Life Care alongside me. And lady and gentlemen, we have uh, a caregiver summit once again coming up, and this one is in Chapel Hill, right, it Nicole? It is, yeah. It's at the Friday Center in Chapel Hill on August 22nd, and registrations are going really, really strong. I think folks um, that attended perhaps one or the other of the um, Raleigh or Durham Summit, and then folks who attended the Chapel Hill Summit last year have spread the word because this summit... We were full last year, and we actually figured a way to double our capacity this year, which is awesome, and we are definitely cooking with grease. <laughs> excellent, excellent. That's great to hear. And, you know, there's obviously the, we'll have a lot of great vendors and sponsors there that people can get information from. And the content of it is different. So if yeah. you've come to a Raleigh conference or a Durham conference this year, the content of the Chapel Hill conference is different. The design of the event is a little different. But there's not a duplication, so you can come and hear new things uh, from new speakers in a new format uh, as compared to Durham or Raleigh. So it's an opportunity to get a second caregiver's conference in. If it was very meaningful and you say, I wish I could do that again, this is actually your opportunity to do it again a little differently in the Triangle. It definitely is. And, you know, some of the topics, if if you don't mind, Jason, um, we're going to be talking about – Increasing the quality of life for persons with dementia and their caregivers. So not only just how do we help improve the, the lives of the individual with the dementia, but how do we help that caregiver kind of keep that engine running for themselves? Uh, mindful care for yourself as a caregiver. Some of the things that we can do, um, you know, we often say what's good for the heart is good for the brain. Well, apparently also nourishing the gut is good for the brain as well. <laughs> so we'll, we'll hear a little bit about that. Uh, one, of the, one of the biggest mis- mysteries that we have have um, has to do with housing options and you know we we alluded to that a little earlier in the show today that you know people when they're trying to make choices for a loved one will often make the quote wrong choice not realizing that moving a loved one here might mean another move in a month or two down the road so we're talking about from worry to wisdom housing options for older adults and there are many many other uh, opportunities available as well yeah, that, that seems like it would be uh, a, a great informational source because even when after doing this show for several months, I still get a little mixed up sometimes between uh, assisted living and independent yeah. living and nursing care. Like, uh, I still have to, you know, mentally go through the checklist in my head and say, okay, uh, okay, that's, that's what that is and that's what this community is. And one of the other key functions of these caregiver conferences is to overcome some of the isolation that caregivers have. They become... Uh, isolated in their experience because they're so focused on trying to take care of their loved one. Hopefully, they're also trying to take care of themselves. But at this event, there's a strong emphasis on caring for oneself because if you can take care of yourself, you're better able to take care of your loved one. And really, the second part of that is to recognize you are not alone. There are people who are going through a similar experience. It may not be identical, but there are shared experiences 
Uh, there are things you can learn from the other caregivers there. And it's just a, a great opportunity to uh, be with a group of folks that are in a similar realm and can really share ideas and have a little social time that isn't focused on taking care of someone who's ill. And, you know, new this year, which was wildly popular in both Raleigh and Durham, are health screenings. And so we understand that caregivers often think of themselves second, and that's just the nature of the people who take on this role. So because of that, a lot of times caregivers have a lot of things going on inside of their bodies that they may not be aware of because they're just not taking the time to go to the doctor. So we have health screenings that are performed by registered nurses through Baptist on Mission. Um, they, they coordinate this for us, and we provide all the staffing for it so folks can get their cholesterol checked. They can get their um, glucose checked. They can get their blood pressure checked, their BMI. We even have a depression screening if someone's feeling like they're going through a difficult time. And and at the end, they get to have consults with medical professionals to go over those results and what that might mean. So perhaps we would recommend you get a referral to go see another doctor, or perhaps we can give you some tips right there on how to better take care of yourself. Yeah, it's not just theoretical. It's about your health, not just the health of your loved one. Right. And you know, yes, there's this respite. Yes, there's this socialization. But there's also this physical assessment that can be done. And there is no charge for that health screening. That is a That is part of... Uh, your attendance at the conference, and mm -hmm. frankly, uh, is a very high-value item. Some people come just for that. Yeah, we're going to hear a testimonial mm -hmm. next segment from someone who specifically went to a, a previous uh, caregiver summit just for the screening. You know, mm -hmm. that that was her main objective was to get that, and she talks about, you know, how. Uh, efficient it is because I mean, <laughs> if you go to a doctor's office and try and you're trying to get uh, an evaluation like this. You're going to be sitting in the waiting room for just the amount of time that it took her to go and get all and this get information. And get the results. And get the results. Because you just have to wait days after you go to the doctor to get of your course. results. Of so, course. And, you know, this was your very first experience at the Caregiver Summits this year. What was your impression? Uh, it was amazing. I mean, you could just – you could see the uh, – I mean, just the, the weights – uh, theoretically mm -hmm. being lifted off people's shoulders, but talking to the people, especially about the screenings. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, you could see the uh, the people who are volunteering with the screenings, mm -hmm. and we talked to a couple of them, and they just, you could tell that they, they felt like they were a part of something special. Like mm -hmm. they were really making a difference and helping people, and they were so excited. They're like, you know, I'm so glad that, uh, that Transitions is putting this on mm -hmm. because this is such a great idea, and we can tell. We, they can see that visual feedback of how they're helping people. That was, that was the neatest thing is just to see everyone, the, uh, the attendees happy, the vendors and mm -hmm. the sponsors. Everyone felt like they were achieving something, and they were. Mm -hmm. When folks were – one of the folks I talked to had, had driven an hour and a half uh, to be at the conference. Actually, there were uh, – she brought several people with her from a seniors group. And when folks are willing to travel, you know, an hour and a half each way uh, to come to an event, and we know that in the past we've sold these out, we didn't have enough room. It was really why we opened up another one in Chapel Hill was to create another opportunity for people to come. There's value there. And we're asking a lot of caregivers to find time mm -hmm. to step away to come to this event. Arrange for care for their loved ones. Arrange for care, absolutely. And, and and that can mean, you know, two weeks of preparation. Or more. <laughs> or more from a caregiver just so that they can get away for that for the for that one day. But we want to make that very meaningful. And we actually carry that in our minds as a very heavy responsibility and how we try and structure these events. That they're high value, that they're efficient, 
uh, that were respectful of people's time, that they get an enormous array of opportunities and resources packed into just a few hours of time. And, you know, we try to make these as affordable as possible. For $15, you are there for a full day. You have access to all these classes, to all these resources, and you even get lunch. So, you know. And parking. And and free parking, exactly. And massage. And a massage, perhaps, if you 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 sign up fast enough. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know. We wish we could make it free, but the reality of it is it is very expensive for us to actually host these events for the community. This is truly a gift that our organizations give to the community. Um, But, you know, folks that come always seem to be extremely appreciative. And the emails that we get afterwards and the evaluations prove to us that this is something we need to continue on year after year. Yeah, if, if you're even remotely considering it, I highly suggest that you register and go because, you know, I, one thing I didn't see was anyone that said, oh, man, you know, this this really wasn't what I expected <laughs> or I really didn't get anything out of this. No. Uh, it, it was act- it was quite the opposite. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and just walking in, you can tell that, oh, you know, if you have a question about anything, anything <laughs> under the sun, yeah. you're going to find someone with an answer. That's right. One of the folks that's uh, in our testimonials that we'll hear shortly I thought it was great the way she did it. She actually organized within her faith community a group of people who were going through a similar experience. And that way she didn't feel like she was showing up alone. I'm going to walk in there and there's a bunch of folks I don't know. She brought a, a kind of a miniature support group with her, and then that support group got supported at the event. I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was a brilliant strategy. Yeah, it was it was great opportunity for everyone, and they were all wearing uh, coordinated shirts. So you I could saw see that. The, yeah, the <laughs> they were having a good time. It was pretty cool. You could pick them out from the crowd. <laughs> it was really neat. Stick around. Uh, you're going to hear uh, from uh, previous attendees of the Caregivers Summit and their experience there. Uh, you're going to hear from that woman as well as a, a couple a couple of other people as well, and they'll share their stories. And uh, if you're interested at all in registering, I highly encourage you to go to caregiversummit.org. And you can register there for the uh, the Chapel Hill event. Stick around. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. Find more about them at transitionslifecare.org. You're listening to News Radio 680 WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF, you're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. You can find more about them online at transitionslifecare.org. Well, we've talked plenty about the Caregiver Summits, and uh, I thought that it would probably be a good idea to let you hear from people who have actually attended and who have been to one uh, rather than hear us tell you more about it. But we're going to hear from Emma up first, and she came all the way from Zebulon to the, the Raleigh Caregivers Summit with her church group. Where are you coming from today? We're coming from Zebulon, mm-hmm. First Baptist Church in Zebulon, uh, our senior ministry. We have leaders from our senior ministry that's coming, and a lot of us are caregivers for family members that uh, live in the home with them, and some of them live out. So I thought that this would be a good opportunity for them to see what was available for them, the help that they could get. So, How did you find out about the, uh, the, the summit, the caregiver summit? Uh, several years ago, I think when they first started, they used to be at the fairgrounds. 
they had a, 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 a fairgrounds. And so at that time, I was caring for my father, and I went. And so I signed on the list, and so I've gotten notices each time they have one. And so this is the third time that I've brought members from our church to this event. But this is the first year that I had nine people that attended. Nine people from one church is a, is a, is a large turnout. Yes, it was. I was very happy that they signed up to go, and the church paid for it. And the church paid for people to go as a, as a ministry for the for the congregation. Uh-huh, yes, yes, now, they did. How many is is nine people? A lot of folks from your church. I don't know the size of your church. Uh, we have a small congregation, probably two, maybe two fifty uh, congregation. So nine and people out of that's a lot. So we have about uh, thirty people who actively participate in the senior ministry. So, uh, but nine of those people, some of them still work. They're not. Like the senior ministry is 57 plus, so some of the people still work. But the ones that came today, I think only two or three of them work. The rest of them are retired. So you went to the health clinic? Yes, I did. All right. I mean, we're standing in the health clinic now, so that seems... uh, Did you also go to some classes? I did. I did. The uh, first one was uh, what... What About Me, I think is the title, uh-huh. where they tell you how caregivers can uh, get things for themselves and how you need to take time to relax uh, and to not be so overwhelmed. And it's okay, you know, to feel not feel guilty if, if you think you're not doing a, a good job. And then we, I went to the uh, SHIP, uh, Social Security, Medicare Benefits. Uh, Yeah, the state health insurance program. Learn there how uh, fraud, you need to check your medical bills because um, sometimes the doctors will write in something that you didn't have and how important it is to read over your uh, Medicare bills and also to your Medicare card how thieves can be in line or somewhere if you carry your card with you all the time. They can take a picture of your card and they have all your information on there. So uh, one of the suggestions yeah, came away not to carry your card unless you're going to the doctor. Now, you just got done with the health screening here. Was that something you intended to do or did you just walk by and think, hey, that might be a good idea? No, I intended to do that. I went on the, uh, well, I went on the website and pulled up the agenda before and I gave everyone in the group a copy of what was going to be. And the health screening was one thing I wanted to see because I was concerned whether I might be potentially diabetic or not. That's not shown up at my doctor's visits or anything. So I was really interested sitting getting my a1c check and about how long did that whole process take you maybe 10 minutes the uh, the screening and the vital signs and everything yeah so a little bit quicker than a a visit to the doctor right yes and i came away with a lot more information in such shorter time than at the doctor's office and it was cheaper (laughs) <laughs> Can't beat free. Now, what's, what would you say is the, the most important thing that you're, you're going to walk away with today? Uh, I'm going to walk away with uh, knowing uh, all the vendors that were here, the resources that are available to us, because we also do a health fair at our church. And so I've contacted, talked to a lot of the vendors, and they're going to come to our church to our health fair. So I just have to get that information out, the date and all of that. So 
And then for my own edification, my A1C was most important for me to find out. You had to take care of yourself. Yes, yes. Well, one of the biggest takeaways for me, uh, my first time attending a caregiver summit, was just how many people end up coming back. There were so many return attendees who have been to one previously. And our next interview was with a guest, Jim and Raleigh, who did just that. First, I guess we'll start with, how'd you hear about the Caregiver Summit? Well, this is my second year, okay. and I learned from a friend about the conference, and she thought that it would be useful for me last year. And this year, I came back because it was so useful last year. You've been here before. You're you're back again. I'm sure there was something, and maybe something, or many things in particular that you were interested in learning about. What what was sort of on your mind as you were well, coming I, in? I'm particularly interested uh, in Alzheimer's and and dealing with people. Well, with a person uh, that has Alzheimer's and realizing my many shortcomings that become evident every day. What's the most important thing or maybe the uh, the best tool that you found related to Alzheimer's here today? It's in communication and, and persuading uh, in a way that does not turn someone like, off and against you. Uh, and may, I, may I ask, how long have you been a caregiver? Uh, it's a sort of a hard question to It's ask. not as easy. It's not like uh, it's, a, it's sort of, yes, I sort of came into it uh, by, by having to do other chores and things at home that I had never done before. I'd say a year at the outside and six months when it was real. So, but uh, my wife is quite competent. I mean, still to do many, many things. Yeah. Uh, and to tell me how to do them. <laughs> the only things that I fear is that she can't teach me to cook. <laughs> That's all right. You can order food. <laughs> First, I applaud you for starting early. I mean, your, your point about this, you're relatively new on the caregiver journey. Congratulations on starting so early and seeking out resources and seeking out information. A lot of people wait until they've been a caregiver for a long time and they've struggled and, and then they start seeking. So uh, I think you should be congratulated for that. Well, well, thank you. Uh, I'm glad to be here for that reason. Any words of wisdom to other caregivers in our community? Come here. <laughs> Come here. And That's take advantage of uh, work with the uh, support groups. Uh, it's you can't do it alone, and it becomes clear all the time. And finally, we wanted to let you hear from one of the vendors at the summits, and we were able to chat with one vendor with a very interesting concept. We've got Sarshar here with Triangle Mobile Dentistry. Now, that's that's a mouthful, no pun intended, but Sarshar, tell me, what is Triangle Mobile Dentistry? Uh, we are a dental provider. We bring dentistry inside the patient's home. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got portable unit, and basically we bring a whole dentistry inside the resident, wherever the home is be. Private home. So, private home. Uh, we have served uh, patients in a pri- in their private home, in a nursing home, in a rehab centers, even in hospitals. So, wherever the patient needs a uh, dental care. Now that's a, a unique concept because you know part part of the fear of going to the dentist is you know walking through those doors and the sort of sterile environment, and you walk around, you see all these 
uh, crazy tools that are going to be used on you. Uh, That's got to be a comforting feeling for someone who maybe has some anxiety about walking into the dentist's office. Well, that is exactly because especially with the Alzheimer's patient, they always remember back 30, 40, 50 years ago. And uh, at that point, 40, 50 years ago, not too many people had a pleasant uh, dentistry mm-hmm. experience. Uh, the dentistry has changed these days. Of course, it's more comfortable, things like that. But for those people with the Alzheimer's or a mobility issue, you are correct. It's much easier. They are in their comfort. And uh, they do very well when we go there and we take care of them. Good, good. Now, you're here at the... Uh Caregiver Summit. Uh, one, one, how'd you hear about this? And uh, well, let's start there. How'd you hear about the the Caregiver Summit? Uh, well, we've been working with uh, the uh, Transition Guiding Light uh, before for the past year and a half, and uh, we've been here before last year. And we're, you know, very glad that they are sponsoring this event and putting it together. There's a lot of time and effort goes in it, and we're glad that we are a part of it. So, so uh, what uh, what's been the experience like today uh, being here at the conference? Uh, it's been great. I mean, the, some of the classes that the staff has attended was pretty good. They really enjoyed it. And plus, you know, just networking with the other caregivers and basically, you know, letting know the service is available. That's the biggest thing that not too many people know about it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I would imagine that there aren't many opportunities like this to network with as many people in, in one spot for you. That is absolutely correct. So we are glad to be a part of it, and we appreciate the invitation, Cooper. Thank you for supporting it, and thank you for providing a service that otherwise often gets overlooked and should not be overlooked. Thank There's you. no reason for it to be. You can actually go to them. Well, it, it is a, takes a lot of logistic to carry this stuff and, you know, providing care, but glad that we are able to do it. Well, we hope you enjoyed hearing some of the voices from the people at the Caregivers Summit. And want to remind you that you can still register for the Chapel Hill Caregivers Summit by going to caregiversummit.org. And again, special get, special thank you to our guest, Deanne Morgan, uh, this evening, who uh, is author of the book, Become an Informed Caregiver, What You Should Know When Caring for an Aging Loved One. You can find that book uh, at bookstores everywhere and also on Amazon. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you join us again next week for Aging Matters, the care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. You're listening to News Radio 680 WPTF.